What's good, Divine Pill fam? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just do this because I'm on the app. Um, It's probably just going to be really short, but I wanted to put this out into the ethers, right? So it can start to marinate and do what it needs to do. But I believe that the Divine Feminine, right, sets the standard and is going to be useful for the economy, the global standards. And it's not even that I'm the originator of this thought. I think I've mentioned it before. I heard Shira Seven mention this. Um, It goes to her Pisces son in terms of her being very wise and spiritual and esoteric. But I wanted to kind of build off of that a little bit. I think when I do the chit chats, it's fun because I'm a little bit gossipy and you could be sitting there drinking your Starbucks or drinking your hibiscus tea or your matcha tea or whatever and kind of hearing a little bit of everything the way that girlfriends do around the table. Um, But one of the big takeaways that I wanted to talk about was, you know, um, she said, women set the standards and men break them. And when you think about it, I had mentioned before how on Kendra G, there's this woman who wanted uh, a man with a 570... 520, sorry, 720 credit score and a house. And I mean something, a comment along the lines of, you know, there's going to be a lot of degenerate people who are going to come in and say, why should you want someone with that? Why would you want, why does he have to have his house? But um, from the realtor aspect for all of the one house that I sold, right, and having to go through the process of getting a license to do that, um, but with that, un- starting to understand like financing and um, stand- understanding the back end of investing and why people do it and why it's one of those sectors that drives our, our commerce, I think um, even on a global scale, right? Um, Warren Buffett is actually huge on, on real estate also. I think that it's unfortunate that we don't really drive the how do you say like we don't really put the pedest the woman on the pedestal the way that we should because it's because of women that we celebrate the luxuries in life if you really stop and think about what she said i think that shira has her platform i have my platform so i will reach you and then you will share it on your platform and understand it a little bit more and you will pass this on to your nieces and your Maybe your aunts, if you're going up the line, you know, and, and grandchildren and that type of thing. But think about it. To have a 720 credit score, that means you're paying your bills on time. That means that we're not going into debt. That means we're increasing our le- credit limit scores, uh, credit limit spending. We're, if you have a line of credit, if you're a bank, you should be like huge on supporting that divine feminine's um, perspective that every man should have a 720 credit score. Of course, I'm going to encourage um, divine feminines. And the funny ir- irony of it is, is somebody said in the comments, well, anybody can have a 720 credit score, but they don't, including myself. That's something I've been working on, right? I mean, I did a podcast like maybe so like six months back sharing with you some of the resources I'm doing to further boost my credit score. And I actually um, found some more tips I'm going to share with you in a couple of um, podcasts coming up because we're going to be talking a lot about money and wealth um, 
and how to manage it and what it means, you know, at the initial stages. And as I grow and become more seasoned, you're going to see me develop. I expect nothing more than myself than to develop. And so if you consider yourself to be a divine being and in every day, in every way, you're supposed to be ascending and you're supposed to be ascending from the 3D to the 4D to the 5D, you're going to be paying attention. It should be manifesting in your health. It should be manifesting in your wealth. I am going to be one of those people that you're probably going to hate me because I'm going to say that there's no such thing as a broke divine feminine or a broke divine masculine or um, as a rich Christian, like, I mean, as a poor Christian, like you cannot be both. I think that you can go through um, struggles. I think that with with the placements that I I come with, there's two specific ones that are very difficult. But one of the things is learning how to phoenix things, how to get out of the funk, how to completely start over. And if you see me doing it and being able to get back on my feet and to um, reascend and to come back stronger phoenix style, right, and not staying stagnant, it's like, what's your excuse? Um, There is no way you can be a divine person and stay stagnant and be satisfied with deplorable living conditions we talked about how on the 90 day uh fiance thing that house was dilapidated the first house he took her to and i don't think it was funny like the more that i think about it even from when i first saw the clip this morning to now it's kind of disgusting because when you start and um this is going to take me to my second point when she said that every man should have a house their own house or her partner should have a house it's like let's just throw out the idea that you want to court right Every man should have a house for himself. I talked a little bit about how there was this man who thinks it's funny or cute to um, pay rent for 1500 right? And the funny thing is, if he had a mortgage payment, he would be paying 1500 but that equity, he would have equity in his house. All he's been doing is just paying off somebody else's mortgage. And I don't think the black community really understands that, um, right? Um, as opposed to, and you saw this in the pandemic, if your landlord decides to raise it 20%, 30%, um, where we, or where the county that we live in, you could raise the rent every 3% every year, right? Um, so there was something I was going to say. Yeah. So when you start to look at home ownership, the, the, the condition that he took, uh, Sharifa, um, Bilal took Sharifa to that first house is deplorable. I would be highly upset to be his neighbor. As a matter of fact, my neighbor, I was going for my walk and one of the neighbors, um, he's a realtor and he called me over and he's like, have you been in, have you been in that house? One of our neighbors, remember I told you guys that we have a, um, there's this, um, white lady that lives a couple doors down for me and she, um, I already kind of told you some of her story and stuff like that. Um, she used to have, I mean, anyways, just leave it alone. And so she had asked him to go to his house for something and he had to set a rat trap. And he's like, when you go in there, it's a rat infested. He said, there's rats in the, in the kitchen. There's rats in the, and you could kind of tell something's going on. He's like, there's stacks of food, stacks of plates, stacks of food containers and with unfinished food. And, um, Oh, 
wait, I think I was telling my mom what had happened with, with her. And I thought I had done a podcast on it. But um, I basically, ooh, ooh, it's a lot. But you could tell from the outside of the house, she's not taking care of the yard. Um, I will say this, her, her, um, her aunties own the house. And they have her living there. And I guess I do have to go into the story a little bit to give the back end. So the, you could tell something's going on from the front of the house because the lawn is not taken care of. And when I tell you this man was this short of pulling his hair out, I'm not even kidding you. Like he was literally, literally, like he started to put his hands in his hair and like kind of like squeeze at it. And I'm like, oh, no, Mr. Sir, like, please don't pull your hair out like. I didn't say that, but I was just looking at his, you know, I was just listening to what I had his, my headphones in because I was still trying to get back to my workout. And then um, he's like, um, I'm going to call the city because the, the housing conditions is completely deplorable. It's the worst house on the neighborhood. And he's like, it's bringing the property values down. Right. And so it's like we really want to bash women a lot, but. When you start to look at the standards of the woman, you know, what's the first thing that Sharifa said when you, when he came to the house? When she came in the house, you have a broken window, the, the, the property's dilapidated. What does that do for your house value? What does it do for the value of the other, you know, houses in that area? Like you start to think differently. And, and it's unfortunate that I think man, men want to insist that you have to accept living in deplorable conditions. It's unfortunate that men want to insist that you don't have to pay your bills on time. It's deplorable that men have to insist that you live from mouth, from hand to mouth. It's deplorable, you know, that they're just trying to push women to take on lower standards. And, you know, you have to think of it on a global scale. I love, in a sense, that Sharifa is kind of illustrating, you know, when she says, this is what I expect and a, a standard from him. That's what I expected of him. It's like he, in a sense, I, there's his, his mind is messed up, but in terms of his health and his fitness and his finances and his grooming, those are standards, but who benefits from him? He's healthy, right? He's groomed and when you spend money too, you can tell it's like stimulating the economy. I want to do a podcast where I'm going to be talking about I am stimulating TF out of the economy. It's not even funny, right? Um, and that means that it's going to be things like my niece is going to be traveling to Europe next year, going to Greece the year after that. So I got to take care of that. I got to get her in. The, I joked about the Air Force Jordans. Well, come to find out, she's telling me. She wants to drive my Camaro because she's 15 and a half now. So, or she, she'll be eligible this summer. So now we got to get her a car, right? And, um, and I know that I wanted to give her a property when she turns 18. I also have God kids that I have to take care of. Um, and not only getting myself a truck, but getting her a truck and letting her have that income. You know what I'm saying? So it's like those things stimulate the economy, now we're talking about currency and energy and we get things going and it's about the finer ways of life. But it's like, if you think about it, even when I, I'm going to really give homage to my mom and my parents on this one too, because when um, Sharifa was at that house, it's like, when I saw that, there's no way, there is no way on this green earth, my mom would ever, 
ever let us kids live in that. There is no freaking way my mom would let us live in that house, that first house. Because, like, even the way I see stuff, like, my mom has to make sure we have certain things, right? And my dad is able to just give the money and provide, right? She'll say, I want this, I want that. Even now when they're looking at another property, it's kind of like, it has to have certain things there. Like, even my dad is low-key like that, too. He's not trying to live in the country or anywhere too tropical where it's like, no, no, (laughs) right? So... Um, I just think it's unfortunate. I think when you think about the type of mindset where it's kind of like you need to accept broken windows, you know, roofing conditions horrible. So then now we're talking, I really hope I'm driving home this point. The divine feminine mindset is really about the advancement and promotion of, of, it's black girl luxury. It really truly is because now you're hiring someone to come in and do the roofing and to remodel and to buy the stainless steel refrigerator and buy the stainless steel appliances and to get new furniture. And so there's an exchange for goods and services, right? And it improves your quality of life. And it's a much more nicer living condition. And I don't know why a man would want to go in and say, I'm going to not just only subject um, you to these deplorable living conditions. I'm going to sit in this shit to prove a point to you. Like, not I. Oh, no, not I. Listen, I I can tell you it would have been a real problem for me to be Sharifa. I'm not even going to cap. Like, I think it would be like, oh, crap, I'm in this country because she was here on a K-1, right? But it's like... (laughs) You're going to pull up to that house and now I'm thinking I'm going to have to go into my friends and just be like, you know what? Just give me a, a, um, a hotel. Let me figure myself out together and get back on my foot and my feet. And or like her mom said, fly back like that wouldn't that would not have sat well with me at all. I think that what he did was manipulative. I think that um, there are some things that you need to unpack with with what he was saying. Um, I'm becoming more and more adamant about the living conditions. Like, I think that if a man really wants to just be, um, hard set in living in deplorable conditions and insisting that he has to come to you ungroomed, not combing his hair, not shaving his beard, pot bellied not caring about how he eats, not caring about, you know, sexually transmitted diseases, not caring, you know, insisting, you know, like fighting you tooth and nail. Like I must live with $30,000 a month. I must live in this rat or rodent infested place. I, you must not, you know, expect me to take care of my child. I must not give my child braces. I must not provide a car for my child. I must not put my kid in the best school. I must not give them, you know, nice clothing. I insist in living in absolute waste. It's like, I just feel bad for children. Um, But listen, if you're a young person, I want to encourage you. You have everything, baby girl, and everything you know for my young men to to 
transform your life. I have been, you know, sometimes I can get fussy. I have both my parents. Um, and there's things that come with being a child and, and, and being in a relationship with your parents and that type of thing. But you have the ability to take control of your life and to transform it. And, you know, the hardest, the first $1 million is the hardest, but you don't give up and you continue to align yourself with people who are where you want to be. You know, I will say it and it's going to take some people off, but even when I think about myself, you know, um, and, and, and I'm not committed. Like, it's so funny because I'm preaching to you, but at the same time, I'm recommitting to myself. Um, I don't want to be, you don't want to have friends who are renting. (laughs) I would say also add, um, at least one couple who's on the verge of getting retired. Because when you start hanging around people who are retired and they're buying two and three in houses and doing all this stuff and traveling, and it really makes you rethink, like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, am I going to be financially set to do that kind of stuff? I know it can trigger some people because you can get into the um, keeping up with the Benjamins. And we will talk about the what that means and to what degree is it limiting beliefs and what does it mean to manage your finances and to multiply and grow your finances and be accountable to your finances. But um, I would say that I've started to notice that and part of it is just, just we, you know, it's unfortunate because we don't have financial literacy. There's only there's only a couple of states in the U.S. that have financial literacy on the curriculum. California recently within the last two years added financial literacy to its curriculum um in terms of um in the school or education system so i'm super excited about that but when i've been reading from the book how rich people think um it doesn't really talk about the real estate component but there's a lot of people who think that renting is the way to go and i talked a little bit about how that man was saying he pays 1500 for nine months. Okay, fine. Do, do you know that your mortgage can be fixed? You know, and you start to learn to ride. We talked a little bit about the last time I talked with my real estate um, neighbor. And he was saying, you know, how there's the cycle, the 10 year cycles. And so if you're planning to live there for 30 years, or you buy your house, you know, just because the economy goes down doesn't mean you have to sell your house. Now, the, there, I understand there's so many nuances, but it's to me, it's one of these things. You're going to choose if you want to stay in a rut or stay in a grind or stay low vibrational or if you're going to ascend. So are there going to be people who went through the pandemic, bought their house, and then they lost their jobs and they couldn't afford their mortgage payments? Yes. If we want to major in the minors, yes. But... You know, like uh, one of my one of my um, aunts, I call her an aunt. She had bought her house, and the economy went down, um, and so she went to renting. Okay, she went to renting, and I said, "But have you gone back and looked at the value of that house?" And she's like, "I I'm pretty sure it is worth more than at the time I sold it." And it's like she should have just ma- maintained her monthly payments kept the house for the 10 years, you still need somewhere to live anyways, and the value will come back up in 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have to learn the nuances and the the stuff around financing. I will tell you this, 
one of the best things, and I, I'm just going to keep it 100 with you, but I think the people who will benefit the most with this will be young people whose mind are open and or people who are committed like me to not stay stuck. But the, one of the best things that have benefited my parents is they have a lot of white friends. <laughs> and so you can see the way that they manage their finances is going to be a huge benefit to us kids too, because it... um. When I tell you that from the church that I grew up in, there was a pastor, there's a couple pastors, but there was, there was one that he used to joke all the time about how he used to to like beat the shit out of his kids. Like every time he would go up to preach, he would be telling us that he had two girls and he used to beat the S-H-I-T out of them. Like that was his thing. Um, But there wasn't, there's another pastor from that church and he would talk about how, um, He's like, I am not leaving anything for my kids. He's like, I make sure and I tell them every single time, like, this is my money. We're going to spend it all before, you know, we before we die. Like, it will be a cold day in hell before I give you my kids. And you want to see lots of parents and everything laughing about this in church. And it's like, even in the Bible, but people don't read their Bible, though. But I'm not in a church anymore, so... (laughs) But if you go ahead and flip to to this part of the Bible, it does say that um, it is a wise man that leaves um, that leaves for his children. Right. That that breaks the generational curse. Those are my words. But they're um, don't you know what? Let me look it up because I'm I'm not going to be a liar here. Hold on. Enjoy the music for this like 30 seconds. I'm going to find it for you. I'm going to find this because I'm. Wise man. Here we go. It's already auto-populated in my Google. Flipping your Bible to Proverbs 13.22. It says a good man. It says a what? It's Saturday, y'all. So this church, right? Let me get on my soapbox. It says a good man. A good man. A good. G-O-O-D. Good man. Leaves an inheritance. A what? A what? I said inheritance on twenty two twenty two. If that's not a portal of enlightenment for enlightenment for somebody, leaves an inheritance to. Oh, oh, oh! I I stand corrected. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. <laughs> if listen, it's an inside joke. Anyways, I said that a wise man leaves a inheritance for his children. Correction. It says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. To his children's children. Mm. Um. Yeah. So. Anyways. Um. I'm going to wrap up because I like to keep these to 30 minutes seconds, but I just really 30 seconds, 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'll really want to drive home the point. I want you to think about this for my divine feminists. And I think even divine masculines, like in a way, you know, they say the wife is a representation of, of the husband, but it's a beautiful thing when your wife can say, babe, let's go to the gym together. Let's work out. Let's eat healthy. You know, let's clean up this place. Let's fix the broken window. Let's get air conditioning. Let's fix the ceiling. Let's buy a softer bed. Let's buy, 
you know, um, bring up the property value, like that is a beautiful thing. And it adds to your comfort and it adds to value in your life. And I think that more women need to kind of really stand their ground in terms of understanding that we are committed to things and value. Like, um, there's something I will mention. It was something, but it was talking. Oh, oh, oh. With this Roe v. Wade thing. I I like to analyze how groups of people think. Um, and I'm probably not going to be able to say everything in the last six minutes here. But I've observed how men and women are approaching this conversation differently. And it speaks to how we operate on a, on a bigger scale. Because... I want to say like 95% of the women that I've heard address this, their concern is for the woman's health, the concern for how, you know, and um, for the, you know, like if she was um, taken advantage of what it means for children, you know, that um, that are having children, literally, and I'm not even there was a time where you would have to preface it, but you know exactly what I'm saying. And, and then they also 95% of a woman, the reason that they're going to be pro-abortion is because I I guarantee you, start to listen to for this, they worry about the quality of the child's life. And in a way, it almost makes me want to cry because it's like, collectively, we are mourning what this is going to mean for future children. And we worry about them having to be in foster care. And being subjugated to deplorable living conditions. And when I think, when I hear men talk about it, it's um, completely different. I can't say I've ever heard a man talk about what's going to happen or the quality of the, of the child, of the life after they're born. Um, what it means for foster care, what it means for adoption, um, quality of life. Not one, I, I kid you not. Um, I'm going to be pay attention. I'm always happy to come back on and make an amendment and say if there's an outlier or if there's one person or one black man that has addressed that side of it. But I, I, I want to tell you, like, yeah, 95 percent of the women, when I hear them talking about abortion, it's they're worried about the quality of the life of the child. And I think that that just kind of ties into how I'm starting to notice for for women, we have to stand our ground. Don't let people um, um, beat you and bash you and browbeat you about your standards. We're here to set the standards. I love the black women luxury and black girl luxury. Uh, it has to do with stimulating the economy. It's about introducing comfort and ease. And in a way, in, in many ways, we're inviting, you know, the other gender, right, to come into a life of comfort and ease and pleasure and happiness and commerce, right, and stimulating the economy and advancing and, and progressing life, right? And don't fall victim to people who are going to insist that they want to live with the bare minimum to the point where their quality of life where they can't even eat quality foods and have time to go to the gym and, you know, enjoy vacations and provide goods for services and to to become educated and literate and to pay their bills on time and to 
living in a nice, luxurious home with a pool and a spa and nice furniture and nice clothing and to smell good and to look good. It's like we're inviting you. We're beckoning you. We're summoning you. We're pulling you in. We're being magnetic to you to say, come live this life of pleasure. And, you know, I think of the African goddess Tati. She's one of my favorites. It was Oshun is always going to be my favorite. But as I'm learning the African goddesses, um, like paying homage to goddess Tati, the goddess of pleasure. Of things that feel good and are great and that are with comfort and joy. And you're going to have people that are going to say, we don't want pleasure. We don't want, you know, responsibility or accountability. We want to live in grime and dust <laughs> and and in deplorable conditions. And we can choose to say, no, not I. My little sister, she's always, not I. <laughs> not I. No. No. We're going to talk more about this. And um, all of these things intersect between womanhood, wealth, um, and divine femininity. Um, and it's okay if, if there's only a few of us that think this way. Um, kind of have that comes with the territory. So love each and every one of you. Going to close out with the last 30 seconds. The song. All night. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that last part. So I want to party with you.